Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I am your host Matthew Roberts and this is Season 4, Episode 51 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us once again today as we uh, continue our study of this week's Come Follow Me materials. We are looking in the week of February the 14th to February the 20th, covering Genesis chapters 18 to 23. Uh, and today uh, we're going to cover the um, the part where Abraham is told about the plans for Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, and what's interesting here is that we know in Amos um, that the Lord will surely do nothing save he reveal his secrets unto the servants, the prophets. And here we have this uh, example where the Lord decides to tell Abraham uh, what he is going to do. And there's a number of reasons why um, he mentions that Abraham will surely become a great nation. Also in verse 19, it says, For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgments, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. So there's almost this trust in Abraham uh, that he will do what um, is needed for his family. And this is a very important um, trait, according to the Lord, that we will raise our family in righteousness. Um, President Spencer W. Kimball said, quote, Abraham's desire to do God's will in all things led him to preside over his family in righteousness. Despite all his other responsibilities, he knew that if he failed to teach and exemplify the gospel to his children, he would have failed to fulfill the most important stewardship he had received, close quote. We also have, uh, from President Ezra Taft Benson, quote, We also find in the Revelations that the Lord makes it very clear that no one is exempt from his, this obligation of properly training his children. I wish, by, by brethren and sisters, that as parents we could merit the, the commendation which the Lord directed to Father Abraham. If we could only merit that word of approval as husbands and fathers and as wives and mothers in Zion, what a glorious thing it would be, close quote. The power of a family that has been raised in righteousness uh, is great um, and has such an impact in the community that we live, uh, as well as our own families. Now, in verse 20, we read, And uh, the Lord said, Because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done all, done all together according to the cry of it, which is come unto me, and if not, I will know. Uh, in the, Just a note, in the Joseph Smith translation, it again refers to it as the angel of the Lord speaking to Abraham, um, and that they will be sent, the messengers, to go down and see. Now, of course, um, the Lord knows what is happening, but I presume here that he is indicating this to Abraham so that he uh, can then do what happens next. Um, Abraham is obviously very concerned uh, because um, of the, his compassion for others. Perhaps it is driven from the knowledge that his uh, relative Lot and his family live in that city. Uh, but also it may well just be because as we see in the... Um, and this, and this uh, is a wonderful example of what we see in 
the allegory of the olive tree uh, in Jacob chapter 5, where the servants of the Lord of the vineyard um, negotiate, well, not doesn't negotiate, but pleads with the Lord to not destroy the vineyard, but rather to give it time. Uh, we see that this is a common trait with prophets, that they almost are placed as an advocate between the Lord and the people. And of course, this is reminiscent and um, a foreshadowing of what the Saviour will do for us individually. Uh, so this is a beautiful moment here where the Abraham says, Wilt thou also destroy the wicked with the righteous? Peradventure there be fifty righteous within the city. Wilt thou also destroy and not spare the place for the fifty righteous that are therein? Um, so he asks that, you know, if there are fifty people, uh, would will, will you still destroy the city? And this is very um, reminiscent of uh, the, the culture of uh, the time there and also the culture today in that area of the land of the world where if you want to purchase something, there is often this, this um, process of bargaining with each other uh, down to a, a price between the two. Uh, and this seems to be happening uh, between um, Abraham and the Lord. President George Albert Smith said, quote, Think how anxious the Lord was to save the cities of the plains, Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham pleaded repeatedly with the Lord, asking that they be spared for the sake of the righteous. He kept reducing the number until he came down from 50 to 10 righteous people. But not 10 righteous persons could be found and the cities were destroyed, as they had been warned by a servant of the Lord that they would because of wickedness. Close quote. Also, uh, President Spencer W. Kimball says, um, Abraham knew that the cities of the plain, Sodom and Gomorrah and other places, were wicked cities, housing wicked godless people. He was aware that destruction of those cities was imminent, but his, in his compassion for his fellow men, he begged and pleaded with the Lord. Close quote. Um, Abraham did everything that he could to save those people. And again, not just it doesn't say necessarily in the Joseph Smith translation or, or in the references that we have uh, from um, the uh, other uh, general authorities that it was just because of um, Lot and his family, but actually just because of his general compassion for others. And of course, as we know, um, and as we just mentioned, uh, Abraham does negotiate this further down uh, to, to 10 people. And every time he kind of moves that number down, uh, he says something to the effect of, oh, let not the Lord be angry and I'll speak yet, but and I will speak. So he's basically just trying to push this number further and further down to try and save these people. And the Lord here is very patient with him. Um, and he responds and says, I will not destroy it for ten's sake. And the Lord went his way as soon as he had left communing with Abraham. So this is, again, reminiscence of Lord being very patient uh, and being able to speak to his uh, prophet uh, and and reveal and share with what he is going to do. Now, of course, we move into chapter 19 and we'll, we'll begin looking at this chapter. Obviously, we'll look in, in more detail tomorrow. But notice here um, that at the beginning, Lot's uh, reception of these uh, these visitors. Now, first of all, there, there are two of them mentioned in Genesis. Uh, but if you read the Joseph Smith translation, it says, And it came to pass that there came three angels to Sodom in the evening, and Lot sat in the door of the house in the city of Sodom. 
So we know that there uh, to be three, that one hasn't vanished uh, from from here, according to the translation by the Prophet Joseph Smith. Uh, in terms of, again, let's just return back to who these individuals are. They may well, may well have been uh, righteous individuals, perhaps from Melchizedek's community, or maybe even from the city of Enoch, if they're being referred to as, as angels, um, because they were taken up to God's presence and now are can be used as ministering angels. Uh, however, uh, again, we, we had that discussion at the start of episode one as to who they were. We don't know really, uh, but we know that they are sent by God. Um, and that's kind of the important thing, really. Uh, and then uh, verse uh, Lot sees them. And in verse one and two, it says, Lot seeing them rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Behold now, my Lord, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and ye shall rise up early, and go on your ways. And he pressed upon them greatly, and they turned in unto him. Um, now, here, notice that um, the the angels were, were not going to do that. They said, Nay, but we will abide in the streets at night. But it is then that Lot presses them greatly, and they come into his home. Um, this just shows, again, just how hospitable uh, and um, in, in, insistent, I suppose, or um, desirous that Lot uh, is able to host these guests. And I think for Lot, this is a very good thing, that this indicates that he recognises the traditions of the time, that he recognises his need as a host, and he also recognises the righteousness and the um, the importance of these individuals as being sent by the Lord as, as servants of the Lord. Um, and he himself calls him a ser- himself a servant. So he is obviously making the right choices here in terms of how to host this guest. He didn't run as Abraham did. I think that's the one key difference between his reaction and uh, Lot's uh, and Abraham's reaction. Uh, but he does press them so that they do come into his home. Um, this could be because of his desire to be um, able to receive the servants of the Lord. It also may be perhaps because he knows uh, what the people of the city that he resides in are like. And he does ask ask the question, well, why is he raising his family in that city? And of course, we remember the quotes um, such as by, um, I believe it was Elder Neil A. Maxwell, I shouldn't really just um, guess or try and remember, by saying that they have a house in Zion, but a, a summer cottage in Babylon. Um, but we obviously will talk more about that tomorrow. Thank you very much uh, for sharing this time. Thank you for listening to this podcast and uh, studying uh, today with us. Thank you uh, for, uh, for listening and until we meet again.